Broads, today's episode is sponsored by Newly, the subscription clothing rental company that will keep your closet feeling fresh without having to go and buy an entire new wardrobe. Newly gives you access to thousands of styles from more than 300 brands. Kind of like shopping your dream closet, except you don't need to fully commit to anything. But, you know, you do get to choose six pieces to rent a month. And whether you have an event coming up that you need a new dress for, or maybe you just want to try new trends, Newly is the perfect place to look for those types of pieces. And if you find something you really love, you get the option to purchase it at a discount, sometimes as much as 70% off. And I use Newly, um, I've used it for a really long time, but especially throughout my pregnancy with Franklin, I could have all the cute maternity styles and I didn't have to spend the money with something I was only going to wear for a few months. Newly is already a great value at $88 a month for any six styles, but right now you can get $10 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with code CHATTY10. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com, that's Newly with two U's, and enter code CHATTY10 and sign up to get $10 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com. Again, that's Newly with two U's with code CHATTY10. Newly subscription clothing rental. Change your clothes. And welcome to another episode of Chatty Broads with Becca and Jess. Well, I feel like it's been a minute since it was just me and you without recapping and without having a guest. I feel like it's been a second, huh? Really? Maybe not. I guess maybe like, I feel like it hasn't been that long. Maybe like <laughs> <laughs> It's been forever and a day since it was just you and I talking shit. <laughs> no, I think it's been like, maybe two, like a month. two weeks, three weeks, what it feels like. Listen, I am so in that space right now with time. No, it's been longer than two weeks. But you know when you're in, they always say this when you become a parent, it's the the days go slow, the years go quickly. Yeah. I am so deep in that. I do not. Time is an illusion right now. I can't, I can't even function. When we had Eric on and he's like, oh, it's been like exactly a year since I last came on. I was like, what? How is that correct? I haven't, there are so many friends, Becca, that I was like so close with pre-pandemic yeah and then was like in the flow of seeing all the time that all of a sudden after the pandemic i have not seen like haven't seen numerous people in years and i love them so much and i miss them but time goes like that that all of a sudden it's like there it's another week that goes by and i still have forgotten to text them or i'm like oh i need to text them and i want to get together and it just i mean i saw our friend harry who is the voice at the beginning that says like which by the way can you please talk about this for a minute about how this our intro was born i will i will but like i saw him at our friends like just hang out for her birthday and i hadn't seen him in years years <laughs> like years when did he live with you guys like okay well so that's that's okay this okay, is, okay, okay oh my god this is the lore this is fun this is so fun because is... i didn't even know the story until like you guys told me which <laughs> is told weird like how did i party. not know that i mean i guess because we like, just why were you keeping this from me why like were you weird, hiding this honestly? like i feel like you're doing some shady <laughs> shit behind the scenes and you have not been honest with me about like how this began <laughs> no it is kind of weird that you didn't know right? this though maybe you like offhandedly mentioned it and i just I so we're by the way we're talking about the and welcome to another episode, episode of Chatty Bras with Becca and Jess. Jess. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So Harrison Harrison Allen. Yeah. Um, used to live uh, 
he lived for a year with us. So we kind of have like the way that our house is arranged. He like slept in between their bed. Yeah, we used in to, the three of us bed. used yeah. to sleep together every Not single sexual, night. Just like as <laughs> no, a, but like just like, a like comforting slum, thing. Slumber party vibes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that sounds so fun, actually. <laughs> um, I saw a meme, by the way. Did you see this? That was like, why does a thruple always have to be sexual? Like, I want to be in some, oh, yes. someone's argument. Yes. <laughs> And I was like, I feel that so deeply. I would love to be the third in a couple's argument yeah. all the time. Yeah, Just be yeah, like, yeah. well, guys, like, let's, you know, yeah. it's like a, yeah. a therapist, but not licensed. Oh, what for um for CASA, like one of the things like you're supposed to set a boundary where you're like not supposed to provide like any sort of, you know, like counseling or yes. like really you're really not. You're supposed to avoid like emotional support. Like you're supposed to facilitate like other adult like relationships or other relationships for the child. And I'm like, Oh. Is everything gonna be to not be like let me hand let me help you work through these, of course. this emotional stuff. Of course. No, that's really challenging. Yeah. That but seems anyway, like that would be one of the most challenging aspects. Totally. Of it. It's like holding those boundaries. Oh, also, this is totally an aside to what we we're talking about, but also you're not supposed to ever like spend more than twenty bucks. So like you can do little take them on outings when you go to visit with them, mm-hmm. but you're like not supposed to take them for anything that's more expensive than twenty dollars. But then which like sounds easy enough, but then also when they're like if you have money to do something, you know, they're like, I can't go on this field trip because it's like $40 or whatever. Oh, and God. you're like not, yeah. you're supposed to like try to find another resource to connect them with or try to problem solve, but you're like never supposed to, you know. Oh, that's so hard. Be like, I'll just handle it for you. That's so hard. Right? Also nowadays with like inflation, $20. <laughs> What's $20 it's, anymore? It's ho- I mean, it's terrifying, <laughs> honestly. Yeah. You're like um, I'm already spending more than 20 bucks on gas to go pick up this kid. <laughs> there you go there's our outing i mean for real anyway for real um so harrison who is actually how we met we have a friend tyler and a friend uh harry and they introduced us that was Mm -hmm. the first time you and i ever met was harry and tyler taking us on uh we all went to dinner Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. mohawk bend and rob all three of them And rob was rob there was that pizza Mohawk Bend pizza. It's like vegan. It's like vegan. It was somewhere something. where there was pizza. I don't think it was. I think Mohawk they have Bend. pizza there. Okay. I think they have pizza there. It's quite changing the story. Sorry. <laughs> but there was three of them there, and there, there was, was three. Pizza. Okay. I didn't know Why Rob were you very guys well eating at the time. Out vegan. I like to go eat vegan. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mix it up. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. But oh, so. You and that's they like introduced us, but uh, Harry at the time was living uh, at our place, and he, he was at that time. Mm-hmm. No, he wasn't. They t- Tyler and Harry were living together. Oh, they were living together, but then he moved in. What by the time you and I started the podcast, <laughs> Harry had moved into okay, our yeah. uh, into our house because one time we spent the night at their house, and that was like the funniest. I just have to paint the picture because Tyler and Harry are like, they're totally straight guys, but like they were the most like that, that period in my life, they were like my gay besties, you know, I like lay on the couch with them and cuddle with them. And like, I don't know, like they just never, there's very like 
they're very always safe vibes. They're gems. It was just like yeah. never weird sexual. And I always felt like super taken care of. They're gems. And like, they're great friends. Yeah. yeah. And I remember spending the night at their house and I was just like, okay, like I'm going to sleep in Tyler's bed. It was just like never, <laughs> never weird. No, and no, I love no. that about if you them. Know I always them, you felt know. so safe. Also, I think they're both single now. So maybe we'll put their handles back up. <laughs> are they both single? I think they're both oh, single shit. now. They're, okay. they're both, they are gems. They are wonderful, wonderful men. Love them. Um, we should have we have we had them on the show one of our first 10 episodes yes we should definitely have them back that wow. would be really fun that would be really, that would fun. Be really fun tyler told one of the funniest stories og broads no oh my god okay i don't even i don't think we have these episodes up for whatever reason but og broads we had this idea of what something we we're gonna do with the first 20 episodes of our show and that's why they're not on the feed nothing weird about it we just were like oh let's do something with it we never did it so that's why you can't find Whoops. it people are always like i can't find that like well and we removed like, it like, well, we might we might still i don't know we'll, <laughs> whatever we'll figure it out <laughs> they're not there but <laughs> we had them on i think we're like episode four and tyler told like the funniest story ever of getting a boner in like coals when he was shopping <laughs> for shorts with his mom and like it, i was like I remember getting messages of people being like, I was crying, oh, laughing, that listening was such to the story. story. It was like the best ever. They're both so fun. Yeah, we should definitely have them anyway, on. Okay, a, a, a good old friend. Hang. That was fabulous. Well, so then by the time we were planning on starting the podcast, uh, Harry was living with us, and we had the episode, the first episode, ready, and it was going to be coming out like in a few days. And all of a sudden, I'm like, oh, we don't have an intro jingle or anything like that. And so Evan was on tour. And so it was just Harry and I. I think I had said, like, let's do some weird, like, vintage mm -hmm. like, jingle or something. They were like chatty broads. Like, it should be like, yeah. kind of maybe, hey, like a vintage, 50s, a yeah. vintage, like, 50s feel. And Evan normally would do. And that was our original cover. Yes. Remember, it was like these kind of like vintage drawings. I found the clip art. And so like, it all yeah. worked together. Yeah, yeah. Well, um, Evan, right before he left to go to tour. Oh, no, he was on tour. That's what it was. And I'm like, I need music. Like, yeah. I need something to be put together. And I think it was Evan then who put it together and then sent it over to me. But it was just the music. And I'm like, I need we need like some sort of intro in it, right? So you had said like maybe yeah, do like kind of that the fifties type voice and that or jingle whatever. thing. Like I think Evan said he like kind of found it and tweaked it on some like free thing on the internet. I don't remember. Like ding la ding da ding ding la ding da ding. I think he like found it on some like royalty free site or something like something, that. Something and he yeah. just changed it. it. Was like a quick like all right, we gotta yeah. do a turnaround. Mm -hmm. And so he he whipped up something. Tweaked it, yeah, and. It cuts to Evan. He's like on this little like pipe organ thing. Like <laughs> Evan's just with, like there's like a monkey next to like bicycle to go, and he's like, "Do you want the perfect I'm like, intro?" I'm like, I think he got it from some royalty free site. It cuts, cuts to Evan right with now a monkey with this, and he's just him. like enraged, like sweat dripping down. He's like, "The amount of work that I put when I had to hire <laughs> that whole, I had to, I had to go rent an accordion. I had to rent some sort of pipe organ. <laughs> the amount of time that it took." Um, you know how hard it is to find an authentic 1860s. Uh, I needed that pingy sound in yeah, there. Piccolo. <laughs> you know how hard it is to come by a piccolo these days. You can't just find one at a store, Becca. It's not that easy to come by. <sighs> so anyway, Evan sent that but over. Evan sent it over, and you were like, "Yeah, we got to have the, like the voice in there," and. <laughs> It was Harry and I had 
so Evan's out of town. I remember my mom had Ember that night. And so Harry and I had like gone and grabbed some drinks and we were a little saucy. And then we came back and I'm like, oh my God, we need to Again, have just the- paint a picture of Harry and Tyler. Like you're just fucking, your husband's gone and you and Harry are just getting drunk together. Like that's just that's so Harry. par oh. for the course. It's and, wonderful. And it was so wonderful. And so, yeah, we were a little drunk. And then we came back here to the studio and we like were just we were having a good time. We we're blasting music. We kept drinking. We were at this point intoxicated. Okay, yes. we were just dying, laughing about everything. And then I realized I'm like, oh shit, we have to. I need to have this intro done. I need a voice to say, "Welcome to Chatty Broads with Becca and yeah. Jess." And I'm like, I'm not gonna do it. Like it's you know that'd be weird if it was just my voice. Yeah. And so I'm like, Harry, can you try to do it? And he's like, uh, okay. So he gets behind the mic and he's like, welcome to Chatty Broads with Becca and Jess. Yeah. And I go, Harry, no. He did one thing. I'm like, no, no, no. You got to like, hello, it's Chatty yeah, Broads. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, you know what I'm talking about? And he's like, okay, okay, okay. One take. He says, welcome to, to Chatty, Chatty Broads, Broads with, with Becca and Jess. Jess. And I fell on the floor again, so drunk crying laughing for some reason at how this sounded he's dying laughing like we're both crying on the ground one take he throws it into the music sends it over to you and you're like this sounds perfect and we were like yes we were that I remember so stoked that you liked it and we're like one take we did it we were dancing around this room being like we're one take wonders and we did it like it was a scene in here i wish there would have been a video camera like we were out of our minds we were having I mean, I so remember, much fun i mean i really remember the moment of getting it but i definitely remember listening to it being like love it what a perfect intro yeah, you, you know like, like, you're like love this it's great <laughs> and we were just like this is how we do it <laughs> we <were just> like, <laughs> it felt so good it felt so good and you know what all these years all these years four years but still a long time four, almost years. four years yeah, yeah. it's good yeah four, four, 40 years in november Four years. But like, uh, we've like sort of talked about switching it up. I'm like, no, like the intro is so great. And honestly, I'm not going to lie. When I listen to other people's intros, I'm always kind of like. We like our intro. There's only a couple that I like really like. Mm -hmm. Tiger Bellies is great. That's our fantastic one. And what I love about ours is like with our different images, we had three different covers, right? We had the original one that I literally put together on an app on my phone. Yes. With like some clip art. No, you made the cover in here in two minutes. Yeah. It was like so. In two minutes. I remember sitting next to you and we were talking about the potential name and you pulled out your phone and you were like, and you're like, what about this? Done. You're like, okay. But then even our, but then even our most recent cover, you know, we kept that whole like. We've kept 50, that feel 60 through it. We had to. That was the intro. Chatty broads, baby. I know. I love it. I love it. I know. I know. Okay, broads, quick pause. So here's the thing about me. Okay, I like to mix it up in the kitchen, right? Keep things fresh and interesting. At least in my head, okay? <laughs> At least in my head I do, okay? Okay, in theory, yes. New exciting recipes with fresh ingredients every night of the week is a great idea. Who wouldn't want that? But in practice, I mean, let's just be honest, not all that easy to do. Unless you have a green chef to give you a hand, which thankfully I do now. Green Chef is the meal kit company that makes eating well easier than ever. Using Green Chef 
I think is the ultimate cooking hack. You just have to go on the website each week. They release the menus. You pick from 24 different options. They always have different lifestyle options. Like they have some vegetarian meals. They have keto meals. Some are gluten-free. You can mix and match uh, depending on what you're looking to have. And then once you've decided, Green Chef sends all the pre-portioned, partially prepared ingredients to your door with easy-to-follow recipe cards for the meals you choose. That is literally all it takes. No more hunting for recipes. No more grocery lists. The meals are already in a fraction of the time. And there are hardly any dishes to do. And I don't think it gets any better than that. I mean, it can't really, especially after you hear about the types of meals we're working with here, okay? Let me just give you a taste. No pun intended. On the menu last week, we had lemon butter salmon and summer succotash, beef tenderloin and garden couscous, and chimichurri beef with summer veggies. I mean, these are restaurant-quality meals made easily in your own kitchen with a little help from Green Chef. Go to greenchef.com slash chatty135 and use code chatty135 to get $135 off across five boxes and your first box ships free. That's greenchef.com slash chatty135 and use code chatty135 to get $135 off across five boxes and your first box ships ships free. Green Chef, the number one meal kit for eating well. Well, you know, time is just... I know I feel like today we just wanted to talk about like just I guess like where we're at and like where we've been and I just feel like I feel like there's so much shifting in our lives but Mm -hmm. it hasn't just been our lives like whenever I talk to anyone or I've listened to anything these days like any podcast talk to any person Mm -hmm. the winds of change are blowing they really are and just like a Yato, baby. Okay, yeah. We can we talk about that for a second? Because recently I sent you, mm-hmm. I listened to. You know, I was just I, I was going through. I, I've just been. It's so funny because do you ever like? I guess I just have the tendency to downplay a lot. So sometimes I'm like, am I in a difficult time in my life? Like, I'm in a difficult time in my life. Like, you also just, are always moving. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Um, but like sometimes it's easier for me to look back, you know, and be like, oh, that was a hard time. Sure. Sometimes it's hard. And so recently I've been like, and you have memoirs. Right. With the podcast. Right. You can literally listen to yourself speaking, which is so interesting. So, so cool to have. Um, and also terrifying. Like, do you ever think you're like, oh my God, there are like 800 hours logged of me talking. What in God's name have I talked about for 800 hours? Oh, I sometimes lay awake in bed at night in <laughs> just a deep fit of anxiety thinking about like how I've changed and perspectives have sure. changed. And also too, when you're in a room with a friend with a mic in front of you and you're just saying God knows what, you're like, I, I could go back and listen and feel like, why would I say that? That's a ridiculous thing to say. So many of those moments. Ah! I know. But I know. anyway, um, <laughs> that aside, I, yeah, recently have been like trying to recognize like, oh, am I going through? I think it's also, I've always had a hard time to answering if someone says one of my least favorite questions during pregnancy was, how are you? Mm-hmm. Did you, did you, do you hate that as much as me? 
think it would just depend on the day a little bit for me. I think what always frustrated me about that, like, how are you feeling question is that how I am feeling, how my life go is going is so minute to minute, mm -hmm. you know, like I could be having the best morning of my life or it feels like that. And then I could have the worst night of my life or it feels like that, you know, cause gray and I got in a fight or whatever. Like it's so, I know ever changing mm -hmm. and then maybe the next day you have a minute where you're just like looking at the sky at the beach and you're like everything's amazing mm -hmm. and then maybe that night your mom sends you a text and you're so fucking pissed at her for <laughs> saying that and you're like what the fuck mm -hmm. you know so I've always just been frustrated with that question because I'm like if you ask like are you asking me like how I am right now or are you asking me to summarize sort of the theme of how I've been for the past three weeks right, or like three how months. Has, yeah, like, how has the pregnancy been overall versus right. like how am I feeling in this moment? Right. You ask me how I'm feeling today? This past week? This past month? This past pregnancy? You know, like... Mm -hmm. um, Which is such a life question, by the way, aside from pregnancy. Now that now that you say that, now every time someone asks are you me feeling? how are you, I'm going to be like... Well, it's not how are you. When you're pregnant, people ask you how are you feeling. Mm. People don't usually ask you that when you're not pregnant. You're right. Unless you're going through a transition, right? Like if you're, mm. that should be a question that's asked more often. Not to me, <laughs> you're not to Becca. <laughs> but no, I think in general right? we it's don't like, like more we don't touch question. in how are you intimately that often, right? Like I don't do that with very many people in my life. It's generally we only do it. Mm, I'm having a breakthrough right now. We normally <laughs> <She's> breakthrough. <laughs> we normally only ask it when people are going through transitions, mm -hmm. right? So you'd ask someone if they're starting a new job. How are you feeling? Yes. If they're pregnant, how are you feeling? You know, like in a breakup, um, how right, are you feeling? In, yes, in a mm -hmm. breakup, you're getting a new dog, whatever, moving moving to a new house, whatever. Mm -hmm. It's all those different transitions, selling your old house, whatever. Then people ask you like, oh, how are you feeling, right? Mm -hmm. Like, how is this affecting you, this specific event or transition in your life? Um, but that's always very like daunting for me to try to answer. I'm just like, how? <laughs> and I would always get a little annoyed with the person. We're like, well, I don't know. Like this morning, it depends on what day you catch me on day, you know, whatever. <laughs> it's so dumb. But um, yeah, I've just been trying to, I guess, summarize that as if I'm answering a person like as I'm moving through life. So I'm like, how have I been feeling like this month? Mm -hmm. And there was a few weeks ago where I was like, oh, like I'm going through. It was like a week or two before the episode with Jessica where I was like, oh, I'm like going through like a difficult phase of my life right now. Mm -hmm. And I was able to kind of like pinpoint it because I've even had moments of my life where like I'm going through really hard things. But like life doesn't feel difficult because mm -hmm. I like know where it's. You know, the direction I know where it's headed. Yeah. And that's just the hardest thing for me is like, you know, I think all humans really like babies all the way to adults. Like we like to know what's coming next. We like a sense of predictability. Of course. Even if chaos is the thing that we can predict that's coming next. So like, okay, I can prepare myself mm -hmm. for it. I can get my ducks in a row mm -hmm. and sort of like, you know, most of us, I certainly, I've realized lately, I certainly do not do well with getting things like sprung on me. Right. So it's like, I think most people can relate. If Gray asks me, 
hey, can I go out, hang out with my buddies in, in, in an hour? I'm like, no, versus like variables. Yeah. Versus like a week tomorrow night. Can I go hang out with my buddies? I'm like, okay. And then all the next day I'll know that he's going to go hang out with his friend, you know, whatever. Prepare your day and your activities around that. Even if I have no clue what I'm going to do, I still know what's coming. Um, I totally get that. Yeah. So I just have felt really thrown for a loop of, of like, what's next and not knowing what's next. I've expressed this on the show recently, but anyway, I went all that to say, wait, actually before that, how, how are you feeling? Mm, it's a complicated question. <laughs> You're like, fuck you for asking me that. Um, how am I feeling right now? I'm feeling better right now. When you say today or like this hour or like this week, this week, I'm feeling better. Mm. I think, there's been we've talked about it a little bit on the show like it's one of those answers where I feel like it's just this is a universal response right now but it's just there's a lot there's just a lot and I think for myself personally like I've shared on the show there have been a lot of weeks and months in the past year and a half where I've really been struggling with my mental health a lot. And so it has been very depleting energy wise and feeling like, Oh my God, like where am I going to find that space to, where am I going to find a space to recharge that energy? And I feel like I just haven't been able to find that space at all. Um, and then when Jessica came on like two weeks ago and basically was like, your solar plexus is all the strings are going out and you're expe- like expelling your energy into so many different places. I was telling my friend about that the other day. Yeah. I thought that was like, so, I, I so easily visualize it when she said Yeah. That. And I could like literally like feel it when yeah. she was saying that. And I just felt like it's like my energy is just going everywhere and it's just too, it was just too much. Yeah. Um, and I realized I'm like, oh man, I'm trying to figure out like how to hold space for myself with my mental health and then like be a partner and a parent and business and then a million other things that I'm putting energy into, even just small things that then for me, I put too much energy into. I'm just giving it too much energy, small tasks, small things throughout the day, Mm -hmm. just grinding over just too much. Um, and then I shared this with you. Listener can choose to believe this or not, but this was the experience that I had. Oh yeah, I fully believe you with this. It was it was a few days after we had um, our episode with Jessica. Um, Evan and Ember and I were away, and I, out of nowhere, feeling totally good, out of nowhere, I got the most severe pain. I have probably ever experienced in my solar plexus area, like radical on the ground, couldn't move. We're in the middle of the three of us hanging out. And I'm like, Evan's like, I need to take you to the hospital. Like you literally can't move. And I was just like crying out. It hurts so badly. And, um, and, but the thing that was so odd about it is nothing else was off. Like I wasn't, nauseous dizzy dizzy no fever 
I could like talk to him and be like, I feel fine, but yeah. it's just this radical pain in this area. And so obviously we're looking it up and Evan's like, I want to take you to the hospital. But then I'm like, okay, yeah, but what if we get that? You know, you're, you're, you're debating like the five hour emergency, but there was something in me mm-hmm. that was like, I'm okay. Yeah. But it's this pain is ripping me to the ground. Yeah, that's what you sort of described to me is like your intuition was sort of like, I don't need to go to the hospital yeah. for this. And normally I'm the first to go. Yeah. <laughs> Trust and believe. I'm dying. I am like a hypochondriac where I'm like, I'm going. If there's yeah. anything wrong, like I'm going and getting checked, especially with the health issues that I've had. I'm like, I'm going. But I just, I had this intuition. I don't recommend this, okay? Sure. If you're feeling pain, go to the hospital. Sure. But I just knew for myself um, how I was feeling. Mm-hmm. And were you having anxiety surrounding it at all? No. See, and that's the other thing that's so no. interesting. So I was like, I don't feel like I'm having a panic attack because yeah. I'll get pains when I'm having panic or attacks. Or I meant even just the opposite. Were you having anxiety as a result of the oh, pain? No. You know, like Which not anxiety so about your health or you're no. dying or Which anything like that. Which normally I do. Right. I'm like, I'm on the verge. Yeah. I, I'm about I, to pass. <laughs> that's what I'm like. Yeah. And if I would have felt that pain, if I would have been accompanied another with context, it, yeah. I would have been like, you know, and normally I'm the one I'm like, I got to go. And Evan was like, I feel like I need to take you. And I'm like, I just, I, I just give me another minute. Give me another minute. I just kept pushing. Like, let me, let me see in 20 minutes. Let me see. But I, I couldn't like barely talk to him, but I still could. I don't quite know how to explain that, but I was just crumpled up just in so much pain. Well, you said, I think you said to me on your voicemail, you said it was like, more painful than birth, I think is how you described oh, it. Yes. But like where I was like, I would much rather have like given birth like yeah. pain wise. But I was just thinking as you were describing that, like, I don't know about you, but like throughout labor, especially when you have like waves, like I'm still talking and I like you have these moments of like lucidity. Yes. It was very similar to that yeah. where like the pain wouldn't go away, but then I could all of a sudden be like just chatting and be like, I don't feel any other, there's nothing else wrong. Yeah. And then I oh, go back. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Crawling. Yeah. 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 And, um, and now, yeah, cause you said you were like, literally could not walk. Like I you were crawling walk. on the ground. It, like was, in that, pain. it was that painful. Yeah. And then of course, what's then this all ties together later, but I just kept looking up solar plexus pain. Mm. And that's what Evan, without me saying anything, he just kept looking up. He's like, uh, he's like, where is it? I'm like, it's right here. It's right here. He's like, okay, your solar plexus. I kept looking. We're both looking up solar plexus over and over again. Um, and then this was very strange. I was like, I need to get in a bath. I need to get in a bath. And I got, I'd like boiling hot water. And the second I submerged my body, the pain went away in the bath. I felt no pain. And I was like, You didn't tell me about this part. I didn't know that. So I'm like, no pain. Yeah. And I'm like, oh my God, just relief. But then eventually the bath isn't hot anymore. And I start to feel the pain come back again, pain come back again. And I go back out and I'm like, it's not going away. It's not going away. I went back in the bath again, more boiling hot water. Pain goes away. Yeah. Tepid. I'm in so much pain. So then I go, I need a heat pack. And so we order a heat pack because we're gone. And the second I put the heat pack on, the pain mostly goes away. Where were you at your mom's or something? No, we were on vacation, like on a little staycation. And I put the heat pack on and the heat, like my pain starts to drift away and this is over the, the period of like four hours. Right. Um, and I fall asleep and I wake up the next day and Evan is like, poor guy is like mm-hmm. looking at me like, uh, what just happened? Like, are you, you okay? okay? 
And I'm like, yeah, I'm okay. And the pain was gone. And I felt like a little, like my body felt a little sore. Yeah. Not that specific area though. And we start just, she's like, do you want to leave and go home? Like what, what should we do? And I'm like, no, let's just continue and go about. And, and we go about the day and like halfway through the day, I'm having all these like moments where I'm like overwhelmed by peace, (sighs) like noticing the overwhelming feeling. And it wasn't like joy or like, I feel great. It It was was just like like, (sighs) deep breath. And then later that night, all of a sudden I was looking at like my search history and I saw solar plexus and it all hit me about that. That was where Jessica was like, everything is here and there's too many. And I had this visualization that I couldn't get past in my head of me taking all the cords and just ripping them out. And I will tell you, I, I believe that like 100% that was something where my body was just like, we're severing these energetic ties. Mm -hmm. It was like my body just took control. And I had told you, I shared with you about seven years ago, when I was pregnant with Ember was when I had my huge shift in life where I was so tied. There were so many family issues, so tied to the church. Evan and I were really struggling. My mental health was like in the garbage can, to be honest. And when I was pregnant with Ember, all of a sudden I had this realization that I gave all my energy to so many things around me that I didn't believe in people who didn't care about me, all these things and I was letting them have a full bondage over me. And at that point, then when I was pregnant with Ember, I remember the moment where I yanked out that cord. Mm. And that changed my life. And at what point was that? I was a couple months pregnant with Ember. And you know what's interesting? Is that... I'm just thinking of like how you've you know, in the past we've talked about like your pregnancy and being like, I don't know if it was hormones or something crazy. Like, you know, I don't want to, you know me. It's not like I want to, I don't want to boil it down and be like, oh, your mental illness is just the ties. And all you had to do is cut the ties. But, but like you've talked about it before and be like, I don't know, like pregnancy just like healed me. And I was like so much better mentally, like, Mm -hmm. you know, after that. And then just in the past year or so, maybe a little longer, you know, you've been like, I, I just, all these, these things are coming back. Like, I don't know what's going on. Mm-hmm. I haven't experienced that. And now that you're saying that, I'm just like, whoa, what was like the energetic result? What was the result in your like mind, body, spirit of making that choice to sever those ties when you were like first pregnant with Ember? Like, granted, I'm sure pregnancy was a big catalyst for that. Oh, for obviously, sure. Obviously, but I'm like, whoa, for that sure. was a choice that like, Maybe that was so much more in control than like we've discussed in the past. Maybe. Not Maybe. In, I mean, control is subjective though too, right? Because it's like everything is just at the right time sure. and place. But I'm like, whoa. But whatever, whatever that might have been, whether it was the combination of all of yeah. it, right? There was that feeling and I... And I and we act like things aren't interconnected. Sure. Of course, like everything is. But I remember that and that was seven years ago. Wow. And... 
I then all of a sudden was having this overwhelming feeling of like, after that, I did that. The result of that was a lot of pain because there were a lot of things that I then had to process through and work through in relationships that struggled and all that. But I felt peace because I knew that I was making decisions that I knew I needed to be making. I was standing in, like I was comfortable in the steps I was taking Mm -hmm. and I was still giving my energy to certain things elsewhere because I do love to do that and I love people and I want to put that in, but I was also then protecting myself. Mm -hmm. And I think about when we started the podcast, I was like in a place where I'm like, I'm like, let's go. I felt the freedom. I felt very comfortable and confident in who I am. And all of a sudden in the past few years, I've been questioning my confidence. I'm like, you're annoying. You're this way. You're the, and I'm questioning everything about who I am and my confidence. And I'm just like breaking myself down so much. And then all of a sudden we get to that seven year point and it was almost like my body goes, are we going to do this again or not? Are you going to yank those cords out? And are you going to stand in and, 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 and like love yourself and be confident in who you are? And yeah, sure. We all have journeys and work and all that shit. But like, are you going to do this or no? And I don't even know if I consciously did it or if my body just was like, we're not, we're just going to yank those cords out for you because maybe, maybe your emotions aren't able to do it right now. And my body is going to protect me and be like, nope. And since that happened, I have felt the past, you know, week and a half, two weeks, like, peace Mm. for in a very similar type that I remember feeling seven Mm. years ago. And I'm like, and it's hard to explain because it's not this like feeling of, all right, I'm good now. Sure. And I'm not feeling anxious at all. And I'm not feeling, but there's this feeling of like deep breath. It's okay. A little more stillness on the waters. Stillness is a a very good way of putting it. Like the past week and a half, I've been able to sit quietly and just sit for the first time in a while Mm -hmm. without feeling like a panic attack coming on or just agitation and I just sit. And I don't know. So I'm, I feel, I feel peace. I feel good and like still right now. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I didn't have anything quite as dramatic, but like I definitely, yeah, over the past week and a half, two weeks, it was like going, I mean, I was talking about it, you know, that's like, like just, um, yeah, I don't know. Again, I didn't have any, anything dramatic, but I just felt like a, a definitely a shift where I was like, oh, like I can just... I don't know. I don't know. I I think I just felt more. I personally just felt more peace of like, maybe I don't know where I'm headed, but I know that I'm, but I know that I'm at the point right now where I'm supposed to not know mm. what's coming next, but that's okay. Like, mm-hmm. you know? And so then I feel peace in that where I'm like, okay, well what I'm supposed to do here is just like, wait, like I, there's nothing wrong. I'm not like, 
cut off from spirit, you know, or divine guidance. Like I haven't cut myself off from that. Mm -hmm. Like I haven't done anything wrong Mm -hmm. um, in like my spiritual journey specifically, you know, Um, it's like, okay, this is what I'm supposed to do is I am just supposed to sit here and wait. So then I'm like, okay, that gives me more peace of like, all right, I don't have to be like scrambling, trying to find the next move. It's okay Mm -hmm. to just not know what's coming next. Um, So how did you feel before you were pregnant with Ember? Where were you at like in your life in the year or two before that? Not good. Not good at all. Um, The year or two before Ember was probably... I feel like a lot of my trauma was in my preteen years and early teenage years. Mm -hmm. I felt like the two years before Ember was born was where all of a sudden the trauma was really rearing its head. And that was when I was in a place where I did not feel safe at all because in the specific church environment that I was in, I, I didn't feel safe. I could not, there was no space allowed. You were always being watched. I was always being watched and analyzing Mm -hmm. and And just kind of breaking down. It was just like my actions, what I'm wearing is inappropriate. Like my responses just, it was just all very microscope. And I was feeling the need to please everyone and I was not taking any time to ask what I wanted and um, what I needed, to be honest, at yeah. that point with my mental health. Like, I needed space. I needed rest. I needed safety. And I was not doing any of those things. That doesn't mirror your journey as a public figure at all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there, is, there is zero parallels. No, zero parallels at all. No, it's but it's so interesting because, you know, I... And Jessica talked about this, but I... Um, I, I care like really deeply, um, which sounds so obnoxious by the way to say, just be like, I care so much, but like I do, I I feel a a lot really deeply, I think. And, and care is one of those things. And I am really not good. And I think my journey, my literal like circle, maybe this every seven years is having to learn, um, where I place my caring energy. Mm hmm. Um, and that it's also really important to care. Here's the waterworks. It's really important to care about yourself. Mm. And I think the way that I was um, raised in the church is that you are the last person you should be caring about. Oh, it's selfish to care about yourself. So it was very much like it's God first and then you come last. Mm -hmm before every other person. Mm -hmm. And I think that's already something that I struggle with is not feeling shame, just caring about me. And I need to be, I need to relearn that a lot, Mm -hmm. that it's not, 
selfish to care about me that really caring about other people is making sure I'm okay than to be able to give my energy to other people. Mm -hmm. And when I don't give any energy to myself and give it all to other people in my life that I'm actually not showing up for them because they're getting almost a resentful energy from me Mm -hmm. because it's not coming from a place of peace. It's coming from like chaotic energy Mm. and frustration, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or like, you know, and we could cut this out if you want to, but just like a conversation we had recently was you were like, that I thought was so interesting is, you know, we were in a point of conflict and you were like, I like, I want to do things that like make you, I can't remember how you worded it, but you're like, I want to do things that like make you happier, like that you Mm -hmm. will like, or like, Oh, I think the Becca will like this. And Oh no, I was, I was, I was frustrated. And see, and this is exactly what it is. And this is what I'm learning about myself is I so desperately want to do things for you that will make you happy, but I don't take the time to Mm. ask. Mm. I do. And then when you don't respond the way that I want, I then get hurt or frustrated. Mm -hmm. So then I'm expending energy on someone who is like, that's not the energy I need. But then I'm like, but you're depleting my energy, but you didn't ask for that. And I think I do that with a lot of things Mm. where it's like, nobody's asking for this. And it might not even literally show up in a tangible way. It literally might just, I will sit there if I know. Huh. So, yeah, project, you're like projecting energy oh, onto a situation. No, no, no. If I know someone that like is a friend of mine is struggling with something, I will literally sit and grind about their situation think all day them. and think about them and pour a ton of my emotional energy into that without even calling them or doing anything. But I put all my energy into that. And that's not helpful for them at all. Do you know the amount of times I've thought about someone and really like thought about our friendship and thought about like how I need to apologize to them and thought about how I was really in the wrong and I wish I had been more there for them with that and I'll sit and think about that. And then I never express that to them. Mm -hmm. And maybe, yeah. I'm realizing and I've had to kind of go on an apology tour, which has been fun. (laughs) Are you serious? Oh, yeah. Maybe that's why I'm breaking it. Maybe Mm. it's because I started stepping into my apology tour. Um, I've had to go back in and I felt I shouldn't say I've had to. I've wanted to. I've I I, let's be clear. I didn't owe them bitches anything. (laughs) Let me make something very clear. No, but I I've in, in the past six months, there have been quite a few people from my past Mm. that I, um, honestly, specifically, I guess seven years ago when there was a lot of falling outs because of some of my choices that I made to step away from places like the church, um, there was hurt there. And there was also in the time before that when I wasn't doing well, where again, I projected energy onto them that they didn't ask for. And then I felt like they weren't there they, they didn't receive that. And then there was this like untold bitterness that I felt and frustration. Like I've given so much and like, have you been there for me? And all those yeah. types of things. And I literally had to, or I wanted to go and I've talked to numerous of these people and been like, I just, I need to apologize to you yeah. for me. 
yeah. and tell you, you did not ask for this. I did not ask you. I did not ask you how I can help you and be there for you. I just put it on you. And then when you didn't respond the way that I wanted, I built that up inside of me. I have, you know, we had this conversation recently too. Like I have been so guilty, particularly with friends about building up resentment when, yeah, I didn't vocalize. Man, I just had a situation like a couple weeks ago with a friend and they did something. It wasn't even that. It was a very small thing. Um, but I didn't like it. And I was going to like lie and make an excuse about it, you mm -hmm. know? And then Gray, this is like more of the male energy, like the good male energy I feel like we need in our lives is like, why don't you just like tell her like, hey, I'm not vibing with that. Mm -hmm. um, that's not going to work for me. But like, that's all good. And I was like, ah! like there's no way. <laughs> there's no way. And of yeah. course, like I asked, I talked to a couple girlfriends and they had, were both suggesting that I do the thing that I do, the thing that I wanted to initially, which was just kind of like, like lie. Brush it aside. Yeah. 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 And then I was like, you know what? Okay. I'm just going to like do that. And I'm just going to be like yeah no I'm not into that and I don't like that mm -hmm. and you know what the minute that I did that I felt free from that tiny little thorn mm -hmm. that would have been dug into our relationship mm -hmm. that I would have placed there and that that little that little thorn that little it's like a splinter you know and then when you touch it you're like oh my god how can something like so small like be so like irritating and inflammatory yep. it's like if i had kept that little splinter in there a couple months you know however much longer later when something would have rubbed that little splinter i would have felt that and that would have like added to and those little like I've had plenty of relationships where I've let those little splinters in bed and then suddenly it's like I'm a porcupine and it's mm. like I'm getting poked by the minute one thing happens it's like a I'm getting poked by this porcupine that like I've created mm -hmm. and that is so like to the point where I have to where I just like cut that person out of my life and I don't do that frequently but I do that very rarely, but there have been like a couple friends where I have just not, just not in the moment, just been like, and sometimes, you know, sometimes you're wrong in that, or sometimes I'm wrong in that place, you know, in that expression in the moment, but then that can get like sorted through and then, and then, and then things just breathe and I just realized like, you know, in our relationship, how many little splinters, mm -hmm. which a lot of times aren't really anyone's wrongdoing, right? It's like someone does something and, and that's actually the problem is that I have not faced up to certain things that like bother me or that like tweak me or whatever because I justify and rationalize it. I'm like this, but they didn't even do anything I get caught up with like, they didn't do anything objectively wrong, mm -hmm. right? Well, like you didn't do objectively anything objectively wrong or like 
I don't know if you struggle with this, but it's like, oh, but like their intention was like in the right place. Mm -hmm. So then I just kind of like brush it aside. You brush by. But it doesn't brush by. No. It doesn't go away. And it turns into this like thing that's like a. uh, And the minute there's any kind of trigger, it's like. Like uh, bristled with all of these things that I've just that I should have just honored in myself in Mm -hmm. that moment Mm -hmm. or honored you or honored that person enough in my life because because like let's be real like if I don't say something to someone I love because like I don't want to like upset them um and again like this is one of those things where someone who might be like a listener audience member that might be hard to believe or something but I'm like I don't enjoy interpersonal conflict like with people I love like Mm -hmm. I know I've said that before I was like I do not enjoy that no do not enjoy making people face to face in relationship with me I do not enjoy making them uncomfortable Mm -hmm. and it's like I've said before like any bachelor person the minute that I've like met them in person you know I'm like (laughs) I love them like ah! yeah yeah. there are very few people that I if I have a close that I have an actual relationship with encounter with that Mm -hmm. I seek out to have conflict with them or make them uncomfortable i don't enjoy that unless i really feel like they've wronged me um (laughs) which that happens too sometimes deeply wronged you know but i don't know that's just something i've been learning like i am not doing anyone any favors by just like brushing it off Mm -hmm. and not saying that i have to like you know start shit with somebody or anything but just being like I mean, Gray and I are going through in our relationship, right? Of like learning in the moment. How can I say like, oh, for some reason, like hearing that brought up like a fear in me mm-hmm. that like, I'm not good enough for you. I don't know why I feel that way, but like, that's really hard for me to like mm-hmm. feel. And being like vulnerable in that way is just not easy but it's something that like i'm trying to step more into and i don't know how we got on that tangent but um no i i mean i think i think it's just really important to honor ourselves you know and i think for myself like when i'm thinking about like oh relationships where like i projected too much energy it also then goes in a place of like when I'm not communicating when I'm too scared like you were saying to communicate what I how I really feel because I in the in with the care piece don't want to inconvenience anybody so then like I'm like for example if I am like if I have a friend who's having a party Mm -hmm. and I told them I was going to go. And then the day of, I'm having a really, really hard day. Yeah. Instead of, because I understand needing to show, like wanting to show up for people. But I think you intuitively know when you're like, I need to rest and it's not going to be good for me to go into this environment. Yeah. For me, because I don't want to disappoint that person, uh, my habit would be to just push myself to go but then in my mind, there's this level of I'm showing up for them. Like I'm sacrificing for them. Yes. And they don't know that. Yeah. 
because I'm not communicating to them. Right. And I can make the active choice to be like, call and be like, hey, I love you so much and I don't want to do this, but like I am really not doing well today and I don't know if I'm going to be able to show up for you in the way that you deserve on your birthday today. Yeah. Like I just, I, I, I don't know if I'll be able to do that. And if it's something that's really like, for a friend of mine, like I really need you to be there no matter how you show up, then I will go. But then at least we're on the same page where it's like you- They're recognizing what you put in to be there. Exactly. And yeah. I don't speak up often. Yeah. And I need to start speaking up and I don't yeah. speak up. And and that's been, I think the biggest issue for me is that I will do things on a regular basis to like, quote unquote, like make things can be more challenging for me or inconvenience or drain my energy. And I won't then say this is a lot for me or and I don't even tell a lot of people in my life, and you know this about me, like I don't tell a lot of people in my life when I'm going through stuff. I just carry it alone. And then all of a sudden, a month later, I'll have an emotional breakdown and be all like, right. this happened and this happened and this happened and yeah. I was in the yard and I was this, this, this. And I'm like, and I'm on my tipping point. And it's like, you have no idea because I didn't tell you, but I'm like, I don't want to burden you with these. And I think there's a balance that I need to find where it's like, no, it's not good to like, be like, I'm going to, I don't think it's necessarily the right thing to be like, I'm going to tell you every problem that I have. And sure. also I'm going to trauma dump sure. on you. And da, da, da. Sure, sure, sure. But there is a balance here that needs to be found where it's like, but then when are you lying to the person? Mm. Because you're not telling them. Lying by omission. Yes. Yeah. And then also like, I think it's hard then as a friend to be like, well, bitch, I couldn't show up for you. Exactly. Because yeah. I'm putting someone in a, in, a, in a situation that's not fair for them as my friend because mm. I'm not ever letting them show up for me until there's a confrontation and then we're both upset. Yeah, we went through that a little bit recently, but something that I found so profound like from our conversation that we have is also like in our pea human brains, we always hold things up to how we see the world yes. also, right? Mm -hmm. Like, it's like, I think that I'm like good at like reading someone else mm -hmm. and what's going through them. And like, we had this conflict where I realized like, oh, like, I think what you need is dumb. Mm -hmm. And you think what I need is dumb. Mm -hmm. <laughs> because we think Neither in of our us own need experience, uh -huh. I'm like, well, why the fuck would you care about this? Mm-hmm. This is what matters to me. Mm -hmm. This mm -hmm. is what matters to me. Mm -hmm. And maybe like only to me in mm -hmm. all of my friends. Why am I holding this thing that I need? Why am I assuming that that thing is important to all the other people in my life? Mm -hmm. And that th this thing that is unimportant to me wouldn't be important to anyone in my life. Mm -hmm. Like... I don't know. Just after that conversation we had, I was just like, wow, like that is some like relationship, like immaturity of like not. It was just like we both were like totally not seen. It, it, it became so clear to me after that conversation of I was like. Oh, she needs this like I need this. Yes. And it's two <laughs> totally different things. And you're literally like looking at someone like, huh? Yeah. It's kind of crazy. It was, it, that was such a good wake up call for me 
because it's like how is how is someone supposed to know what you need if you don't communicate it and you yeah. and i preach that by the way all the time whenever we get any questions from listeners <laughs> you're like you have to communicate but it's really so hard it really is <sighs> and that's the acknowledgement of that it's really really hard on a day-to-day basis to communicate be vulnerable in communicating your honoring yourself and your needs with partners, business partners, family, friends, all of that. And you literally cannot recognize it unless you're still in pause. That's the other thing. Yes. Like I felt like when we had that conversation, like I didn't actually, I couldn't even put into words. I didn't even know what I needed. And then it was through like verbal processing and like a conflict for me to be like, wait, like this is the thing that's really important to me. And like, I literally had not even been able to process through that, mm-hmm. you know, and be like, oh, um, I don't know. That shit is just crazy. Also, do you deal with this? I, I just recently realized I have this issue. I am also so afraid I enjoy critique, so I think. Sometimes I am so afraid of opening the gate to what someone else has to say about me. Mm-hmm. Do you ever feel that way of like, if I say to Jess what's bothering me, yeah. that could open up the floodgates about what's been bothering her about me, and like, I don't know if I can face that. Yes. Like, I don't know if I can, I don't know, like the, the feeling in my body is like, I don't know if I will survive that. Yes. I think in that way, though, through our conflicts, we've realized how oh so different we are and the things that we need are sure. and that we like sometimes value. Um, but I think you and I nonstop internally critique ourselves. Totally. And so the idea of like hearing it from someone else, especially someone you care about, you're like, I just can't, I, I just can't, I just can't, I just can't, I just can't. I just <laughs> can't. Like, and, and it's like, it's like anything you say, I already think about myself. Yeah. So then you're just, it's like, oh my God, it's the just validation gonna... that I'm the biggest piece of shit in the world. Right. But that's been what my process, like what I've been trying to process where I'm like, if I, if I honor my yeah. needs. Yeah. Then maybe that self, that self terrorization i'm not even gonna say critique because it's internal like terror mm-hmm. like you're just non-stop like you're shit you're not good enough you'll never be good enough you're selfish or whatever all these things if i honor some of those and reframe that then maybe i will start to the term self-love is so weird but 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 be able can to rewire like my brain yeah rewire some of those things and love myself internally a little more so that when someone else who's outside of my body says, hey, there's this thing about you and it's this is I, I need to talk to you about it because it's been bothering me, that it will be easier. Yeah, because definitely I'm not definitely. running away from critique because I'm able to get to that balance in yourself where you like recognize things that need to <sighs> shift. But then you also are able to recognize those really beautiful parts. You I, know? Think, I think I've always 
mistook like when somebody asks oh do you love yourself like it's like yes I love myself obsessed with myself um <laughs> but like I've never reckoned that with the fact of all these narratives that are always going through my head and exactly what you're saying I mean and and the irony is is that when you have these narratives about yourself it's a self-fulfilling prophecy constantly mm. I can never get anything Preach turned it. in on time mm-hmm. I'm always late I'm bad at time management. I I can't handle conflict, right? Like it, in friendships, you know, whatever. Like I have these narratives of like, I can't do that. I've never been able to do that. I suck at that. I, it's something I'm never going to be able to escape about myself. And it's such a source of misery. And it also keeps me in these like miserable cycles. Mm-hmm. Like, I mean, in, in the reaction, you're right, is so like if gray, I I have had such intense reactions to gray being like, um, you left your keys in your car door. And I'm like, I know uh, yeah, and yeah, I can't yeah. I don't know what to do. I know I leave my keys in my car door all the time. Mm-hmm. I'm trying mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. hard. I have so many lists for myself. I have so many little tricks for myself. And yet I can't stop failing at these things. I can't stop forgetting to, you know, take my keys out of the side of the car door. I can't, I can't get somewhere 15 minutes early. Like why? I don't know. Like I just, I, I, and then, and then the minute that anyone brings it up, I'm like, I, I, I know. Yeah, I'm a failure. I can't stop doing that. Like, it's just, it is what it is. And there's no, and I'm p- totally powerless in that. And that feeling is like soul crushing, mm-hmm. you know, like, and then, yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's all encompassing. It's overwhelming. And it's something so small. It's like, well, I need to remind you to not leave your car door unlocked or not leave your keys in your car because someone's going to steal your car. And Gray and other people in my life mis- mistake me being like, like literally my coping mechanism for that exact example is like, well, whatever. If they steal my car, it's just stuff, you know? Mm-hmm. It's like, no, mm-hmm. of course I don't want someone to steal my goddamn car. <laughs> Do you think I want to go through that headache? Absolutely not. But I can't remember to bring my keys inside. So I have had to create these coping mechanisms within myself of like, oh, well, if someone steals my car, you know, oh, well, people are going to have to wait if I'm late. I don't want to keep people waiting. I don't want to be, I want to be late. Do you know what my coping mechanism is? What? Oh, it's not a fun one. What is it? <laughs> I will give you a list of all the things that I am good at and that I have done for you. That's my that's my toxic trait. Oh boy. Oh boy. If you call me out and I'm like, I know. Like for instance, here's an uh, here's a spouse example, but right back at you. Um, I, you know, have been really good about avoiding Instagram when I need to avoid Instagram. Sure, yeah. Well, I didn't do that a Uh couple weeks ago. um, And I went into the DMs and I saw a DM that really 
really, really fucked me up and hurt my feelings really bad. And it really wasn't even that big of a deal, but it was one of those ones that it just... Just got you. It's a specific one that it really affected me. And I absolutely was spiraling. Yeah. And Evan, God bless him, was trying to talk to me. And by the way, just like how Gray's... I'm being a partner to you and let you know, hey, just FYI, your keys are in the car, Mm -hmm. right? Evan's looking at me and going... And going... Babe, like, just, and by the way, it does not remember. It does not matter how he says it, how they say it to you, oh, right? No, it doesn't say, matter. He's sweet. He's he like so Carl sweet. Or like, like, don't <laughs> remind me. Oh, you know. Evan looks at me and he goes, "Babe, like, you know, like, you can't <laughs> let some what this person say affect you. Like, they don't know who you are. Like, you, this is the, the, the look at what this says. Like, this doesn't. This doesn't matter." And I, I mean, I absolutely what an lost idiot, my shit. idiot, by the way, for saying how, that. First of all, how fucking <laughs> how dare, dare you? you? No, but I, and he's trying to be a good partner to me and remind me of this. Kind of ground you, yeah. But I am so, what I'm ashamed of is the fact that I can't not let it control me. Mm. Mm. I am so controlled. And that's what it is. It's also shame. It's like the shame. 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 I'm, I'm a, yeah, I'm oh. ashamed of like my behavior yes. of those things. And like, I'm, ash- I'm, I'm so ashamed hmm. that this one random DM from a burner account is going to, is going to terrorize my mind for the next 24 hours that I can't show up as a mom yeah. and I'm not present for my kid and I can't show up for my partner. And I'm ashamed because I know I should be able to brush I it know off. It doesn't matter. But I can't. Yeah. I'm like, I cannot. And I'm looking at him and I go, do you realize that like I did this today and I was doing this and I'm also watching Amber and you're here doing work and da, da, da. And I'm, by the way, why am I coming at this man who's just trying to support me? And I give him the laundry list of what a good person I am. <laughs> <laughs> when someone else said a shitty comment, he didn't even do it. And I was just like, do you know like how much I, I like, 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 like I was doing this and I was there for my mom in this way and that I was there for you and I was processing And I'm like, what is going on? You know what me? it comes down to? This is, this is just madness. That feeling of I'm not enough. Mm-hmm. I am not, I'm not enough for you. I'm not enough for anyone. And it's so, when you say it out loud, it's also so ridiculously self-absorbed too, oh, right? E- of ego being like, through the roof. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Oh, no, my ego, it's just like. Right. I'm just like, I'm just like, I'm sorry because I could never keep the car door locked and I just never do enough for you. Yeah, I, I actually revert to that definitely too. Maybe not on the laundry list thing, but like, oh, I, I could just never be enough. Do you know how often I try? How much I try to get everything right? And I've tried the last 24 hours. I've gotten nine out of 10 things right. And this is the one thing I didn't get right. You know, and I'm like, well, what a projection onto him. Oh, I'm like, you know, yeah. like, like, yeah, that's my nickname. <laughs> you bring that projection. This projection, when I bring up, I'm just like, bleh. But I'm like, yeah, no, it's like, talk about an ego. I'm like, okay, so I... I'm not the ego of like, I'm not enough to this burner account who I don't, I don't see a face. I don't know this person. I've never met them. I likely will never meet them. I will never know if I do meet them because I don't even see a photo. <laughs> and I'm like, could be, your I'm wor- could be my neighbor. I'm worried that I'm not enough for this person. I think that it's that hyper ego is Ego's usually a huge. sign, of, but it's a sign of this 
it's a sign of trauma and I, and a sign of need, emotional needs not mm-hmm. being met at some point, whether or not it's anyone's intention. And I've realized, like, I, I it's funny. I was I was just going through like a toddler tantrum Instagram account that I that I enjoy following, and I was like, you know what, like sometimes you're like hitting all the right things and sometimes your child still will not have their emotional needs met. And it's not because you're not doing enough or you're not responding in the right gentle parent way. Sometimes you are, you know, like sometimes you're, sometimes you are. And sometimes because we are so complex of humans, we can't, like exactly what we were talking about, I can't anticipate your needs Mm-mm. because I'm just working with my own needs and my own perspective on the world. And I really can only do so good, even if I am, you know, expert therapist, you know, emotional trapeze artist, like I still will not be able to anticipate your needs. And so I will fail the people in my life sometimes. And yes. obviously what's most important is owning up to when you haven't done yes. that properly. However, I was just thinking about my kids and I was like, damn, like I can see how like even in some situations with like my parents, how they actually like were doing things by the book. But like I needed something in that moment different. Mm -hmm. And guess what? Mm -hmm. They could not anticipate my emotional need because they couldn't. Mm -hmm. I I don't know how many people would be able to in that scenario. Um, But anyway, what I was thinking was. That hyper ego is always a result of some emotional need not being met. You know, we talk so, and I, I bring this up a lot, but like we talk so much about narcissists these days and a narcissist is made from having almost no emotional needs met to the point where now as an adult, mm. they are clawing. And it's so, I always get this image in my head of like a narcissist is clawing for any kind of validation in any Mm. manipulative way they can get it because that tiny person in them that had no emotional needs needs met is clawing for something trying to dig their little hooks into something to get some sort of some sort of validation from Mm. and I was just thinking of like you know being in that hyper ego state like that's a result of some type of like emotional trauma and hey you and i were talking earlier off the pod does that mean that we get to make excuses and say i'm no, traumatized <laughs> no you know i'm mentally ill no we can all hold space for compassion for each other in that and also set boundaries and be like can't work within that then if this mm-hmm. is what you're going through but I think even holding grace for ourselves, like you're saying, of like, yeah, actually, that's like hyper ego in me that is making it all about me. But that's because that like child in me, that that person, me deep down in there, me is like, please just like tell me I'm good enough. Like, please just tell me that I'm okay enough for you and that you want to be around me. Yeah. You know, like, please just tell me you you like me. Well, it's crazy. Like when you. So I would say like that's like that small person inside you. It's like when you look at then your kids now and like imagining turning your child away when they're requesting that validation. Yeah. yeah. Like imagine like me thinking about Ember coming up to me and being like, tell me I'm enough and me yeah. turning that away. Please like, tell me you like me and you yeah. want to be around me. <sighs> so what we all want. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we don't honor that a lot. That's for sure. And I don't see that in other people very much either. Because the first step, I haven't, I, haven't, I haven't completed that first step. We're talking about seeing that in myself. And I mean, how... 
as RuPaul says. <laughs> if you can't love yourself, how the hell are you going to love somebody else? Can I get an amen up in here? <laughs> amen. <laughs> yeah. But it's like, I guess that's the ex- lately, I guess, and exactly what we were talking about, exploring like, what the fuck does that mean to love myself? I know. I sure do. I'm, that's, that's the journey. It's a lot more complicated than looking in the mirror and saying I'm hot. And well, and by the way, I think I know for myself because there was like so much of that religious shame yeah. and trauma, which I know you experienced as well, that it's like self-love in that community was very no. Like, no, because that's... No, if someone said love yourself, that was like, ooh, don't say that. That was edgy shit to say that. It was like, uh, no, because yourself is sinful. Wasn't the little catchphrase, like, in, in, in youth group, literally, like, love God, love others? Yes. You were never part of that. I don't think there was a love yourself, no. right? Wasn't it just, no. like, love God, love others? No, it's love God, love others, always. You never are included in that in- equation. You're never included in that equation. And if, by the way, you would have added, if you if little Becca would have been in there and been like, love. and love me... <laughs> They'd be like, well, that, that's the flesh. <laughs> that's, that's the arrogant that's the flesh. That's the sinful nature. No. So I think that's then this huge journey. Like I'm a fucking almost a 34 year old woman being like, how do I love myself? Because every time I'm, I'm on that journey trying to figure it out, I have this other part of me that's battling going, but the, but no, 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 that, that, that's, that's, that's selfish. No, no, that, that's arrogance. No, 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 that's. And so I'm trying to find that, that where is that place where you are loving yourself and loving others. Yeah, I guess. Because that's something I want to do so badly. Like I want to love other people so badly, but then I need to love myself. But then when I'm not loving myself, I'm trying to love others and I get bitter but then if I'm just loving myself and then I'm not thinking, I, yeah, it's just that equation where you're like, I don't. You know, what's been hard for me is like in going off of what Jessica said, I feel like what I enjoy doing is like modeling to others, like how to how to love myself. Right. Like. Mm. um. I feel like I'm very selective about the individuals I invest my time in, right? Like, um, but I, I've always known that like, I love people so much. Like I always remember, you know, you know how it's been edgy to be like, you know, like I hate people. Like, you know, like, oh, I hate people. Like we, he and I get along because we both don't like people, you know, like (laughs) I've, and I think people still say that, but I always remember hearing that and being like, I don't feel that way. Like Mm. I do like people. I'm interested by people. I love people. Um, And I guess I've been realizing over the past couple months that, and then I listened to Jessica Lignotti's episode, which I do want to kind of talk about some specific things in there. But she said something to me that when I listened back to it, I really resonated with recently where she was like, you feel collective energies strongly. Mm-hmm. And I listened back to that. And like just a few weeks ago, like probably like two weeks before I listened to that podcast, I was like talking to my therapist and I was like, man, I just feel 
so like sad for like the world right now. Like I just feel like there's so much like confusion and so much division. This is very corny, but I was like, I feel like there's so much confusion, so much division, so much like, you know, we can't like see that. I feel like we can't see humanity in, in whole groups of people. Like that just makes me like so sad Mm -hmm. and it makes me feel so heavy and I, I, yeah, I just, it, it, it weighs. And then I was listening to Jessica say that and I was like, oh yeah, like I not, I don't really take on like individual, I mean, sometimes I do, it just depends. If I, I don't know, I don't think I take on, you take on individual energy no, so much more. I think that's, that's like the, our little like, you know, our little 69 yeah, yeah, yeah. situation, yeah, our yeah, little yeah. 69 yeah. is it your collective. Mm. And I'm singular. But I think I have to find out what that means because I think that I can put out. I think that. Actually, I think no matter which one of us, I feel like if we are not dealing with like our own suffering properly and like if we're trying to like mask it and try to like do something different Mm -hmm. while still trying to like serve and serve individuals. Right. Or like serve the collective. It doesn't. Compare it doesn't come out right and it mm-hmm. things are get weird absolutely and like things aren't serving the proper energy mm-hmm. because i feel like if i'm misaligned with myself then i'm actually putting out collective bad energy right sure, like sure. i might be mobilizing <laughs> i might be mobilizing the troops to behave badly you know like and to 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 be validated in um, things that are not great. Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's so funny. And <laughs> and then <laughs> I can think of so many scenarios where I'm like, holy shit! Like I was directing energy in like a really bad way because I was like not aligned with myself. Things were off. And then I think of you with all those cords of like, I'm gonna sur- I'm gonna help these people, and you're like. Tuff, tuff, tuff. <laughs> yeah and, and then i'm just ew yeah. it's like in mad max you're like one of the you're, do you know what's so funny is literally uh one of my like dear friends came to visit us and he goes you know you remind me of you know in um in like minority report when the person those like three people are in the gel he's like i feel like you're like one of the gel people <laughs> i'm like thank you <gasps> Oh my god! I just watched that movie like last year. I've seen it forever in my mind. So I was like, "Huh?" And he's like, "You remember the people in the gel?" And I'm like, "Okay." You're like <laughs> crashing in the water. <laughs> what did you see? You said, "Okay." I just want to go over one thing because I really I haven't talked to you about this, but I just want to hear from you on the pod. There, you said you're like, you know, it's interesting. You don't have to go super into detail, but you're yeah. like, there were some things when Jessica Lanyadu. So, okay, what I'm referencing is at the beginning of the year, we did an episode with Jessica Lanyadu, our resident astrologer, our mm-hmm. in-house astrologer. Just kidding. Listen to Ghost of a Podcast. She's amazing. She's amazing. But anyway, we had her on at the beginning of the year because we we're like, we need you to give us like a look on the year a look on like what's coming for us and where we're at. And you said you were like, you know, usually she hits like a hundred. And like when I, when I was, you know, receiving it from her, I was like, 
maybe half of this is resonating. Yeah, I was I was processing. I remember when she was saying stuff and it wasn't like it was like it's not that I'm like, I always feel like she hits 100, but it's always later because I mean, that's what she's really doing is she's like, I'm giving you kind of like what's to come in your year. And so at the moment, there are things where you're like, I don't know if I can connect with that right now. So the idea of this is confusing to me because that's yeah. not where I'm at. Yeah. And she was talking about um specifically like being presented with opportunities and needing to turn them down. Yeah. Because and I'll know to turn them down because of protecting yeah. my boundaries and my space. And at the time I was just like what are opportunities are you talking about and I still even now there are certain things where I'm like I don't feel like I'm being presented with all these opportunities mm -hmm. that I'm shutting down mm -hmm. but what I'm realizing is that I'm like I need to mm. if I am mm. like at that time at the beginning at the top of the year when she was saying that I was a little bit like listen Jessica <laughs> I'm beast. I got. I got to shoot straight with you here. Uh, the pandemic has, uh, you know, now Evans back in his business, but that was two solid years where there was no money coming in with his work. Like it was shut down. So I'm like, when you're telling me that I need to shut down potential money making opportunities to protect my who I am mm -hmm. and like what I believe in or like protect like, my energy. <laughs> I was like, don't like how that sounds because that feels like I'm pushing away an opportunity yeah. that like it's necessary right now. Yeah. But what I'm realizing is that like I have a certain threshold and that is okay. I and I don't know if it's want to because of like societal pressure of like you should be able to handle it all and you can be everything, right? You can't. <laughs> but I'm like, but, but, and then also I, I do have a mom who can like juggle a million things and, and can is very subjective, right? Right. Because should, yeah. Yeah, and also, well, and also, you could. What would your health and wellness and, and your life look like if you did? And that's the thing. It's like, I am realizing, and it's so fine, but I'm realizing certain people have certain thresholds for certain things. I have a smaller threshold for projects. Mm -hmm. um, I have a smaller threshold because I emotionally carry a lot. It's just who I am. And so for me to have a successful project, I cannot pile on with tons of different things. And you know I need one direction and to go. So what's a lot what's a lot for me is like and by the way in today's day and age this equation doesn't equate so well. Mm -hmm. The equation that works is being someone who's a content creator who's putting out great content on social media platforms and staying up to date with 
the current happenings and then posting like quick, you know, YouTube videos on whatever. And some people are so good at that. And I think that's amazing. I'm like, that is, I can, I cannot do that. I have to be slow. Like Jessica was saying, you need to work your nature. Yeah. When Jessica said your nature is to be slow in response, it's true. And I have been just trying crazy to... She said that because you also like, I think you probably forgot she said that. And you said something like almost verbatim to me, like, like in the last couple, you've said that multiple times in the last couple months before even re-listening to that, of like you coming to that realization, like on your own. Yeah. Where I told you, I'm like, <sighs> I need you know, where you're like, in. Hey, let's, let's dive into this topic. Yeah. And I'm like, I don't want to right now because I need processing time. Whatever chords in my brain it takes a lot of time for me to process something. We even had that on a call yesterday where I was like, I was like, I'm sorry. I'm like steamrolling you. I'm like, I'm really like, like just really going with this conversation. No, and I was like, thank you because I needed someone to ask the questions for me because I was trying to process everything. And it's hard for me. I have a really hard time. And again, this is something that I'm realizing. It's like, I have a hard time with business calls because they want quick answers and movement. And what I need is I need a business call for them to tell me what they're thinking uh-huh. and then be like me to tell them, I'm going to call you back in a week. Yeah. Three After to five I've business thought, days. <laughs> three to five business days. I need to process. Mm-hmm. I need to process. Mm-hmm. And so when she was saying that about like, you're going to have to turn stuff down. It's like, I've had to realize that like, yeah, there's been small things here and there that I've been like, no, no, no. Because I'm like, I just don't have the capacity for it. And I think there's plenty of people who would have the capacity for it, but I don't, and that's okay. And if there's bigger things than all of a sudden opportunities that are offered to me, what Jessica was saying, Jessica Lignato was saying then that hit me where I'm like, oh, I need to remember this, is that my, my brain, my logical brain will say, bitch, you better jump on that opportunity because that might not come around again but I need to respect my body that Mm -hmm. says it's too much for you. You know what I've been learning is like, I think I have a bit high. I mean, I know I have a bit higher threshold when it comes to like, you know, balancing certain things. Mm -hmm. I enjoy that balance. But what I've been realizing to add to what you're saying is that I've realized we all like everyone. Most people have lower thresholds than we think we do. Mm hmm. And we need to lower our thresholds. Mm-hmm. We need more sleep. Oh, God. We need to sit and eat our phones without answering email. Mm-hmm. Or sit, did I say eat our phones? <laughs> That's weird. We need to sit and eat without our phones answering emails while we're digesting, digesting. our food. Mm-hmm. We need to say no to the thing that's, you know, whatever. And we all need to chill the fuck out a little bit. And I don't think that we can listen to our intuition, listen to our bodies. Oh my God. One of my friends was just telling me yesterday or yesterday recently. She, I sound like Ruth now. Ruth like did Ember go through a phase where everything is yesterday. You know, she's like, well, we went to Disneyland yesterday. I threw up yesterday. Yeah. You know, we Ember went, still doesn't understand time. <laughs> right. Like she it does not exist. She always says she, if she doesn't know what breakfast, lunch and dinner. She, I mean, this kid, she's like, yeah. can tell me every type of arachnid in the book. But she's always like she wakes up and she's like dinner time. I'm like, no, it's, <laughs> it's breakfast. <laughs> it just doesn't. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, um, 
Yeah. So recently one of my friends was just saying like we're existing in a space in the world right now, like as a collective, as a collective energy where we're like not in our bodies mm -hmm. and like how that's it's reflected in even how all of our like this period of time right now, the Internet. Um, so we're like all existing in this like headspace. But so often we're like bypassing our bodies mm -hmm. And, mm. you know, this is very, very woo-woo energy spirit stuff. So if you don't vibe with it, you know, whatever, that's fine. But she was just like, and it's manifesting in like these, the, uh, you and I were having this conversation because it was like, dude, I forget sometimes how interconnected my body is, my illnesses, my infections, my pain, how often those things are connected into what the fuck is going on in my life. And where I stand with people in my life and where I stand with myself and where I stand with my schedule, with my sleep, with how much mm -hmm. I'm taking on, with the emotional heaviness I'm carrying for this person or this broken relationship or yada, yada, yada. Um, but anyway, I just, I just, like, I really felt, sorry, back to my cop workshop. I really, it was what I was telling you. And I keep returning to this thought of how not like conscious of my body I was like I just keep returning to how like I didn't even have any sense of my body and of like the way it looked um because I don't talk about it a lot but I definitely have like a slew of body insecurities that like even just like affect the way I dress, the way I like hold my body position in certain mm -hmm. situations. There's all these subtleties, you know, you learn from a very young age where you're like, I hold my head like this so people can't see this, uh -huh, you know? Uh -huh. And like, I turn my body like this so that people can't see this. And like, do, 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 like all these like weird stiffnesses of the way we move about the world to like hide these mm -hmm. insecurities. And like, I've been doing that since like I was nine or 10. Like I remember sitting like, like this at, with my finger over my like over the top of my mouth in school because I didn't want anyone to see if I had like fuzz above my lip, you know? You know what I mean? Like all that yeah. kind of stuff. You're like, oh, oh I'm my gonna sit, I'm gonna sit like this to like whatever the fuck. And granted, some of that stuff's gotten better with age, but there are so many things that I still just do innately, like with my body out of this like subconscious consciousness, you know, that's always oh, yeah. in me. You know how. Most people that were born as women know what we're talking about. Yes. Uh, it's kind of just imprinted in you. I don't even remember my mom ever talking about that, but it was just something I learned like I very know. quickly. It's so dark. But like Bill being outside and like building this house and like doing this thing with other people, it was like I've never been more like free from like the thought of my body. It was like a trans I transcended my body <laughs> no but I was like so in my body mm -hmm. doing something making something creating something with my whole body that it was it like was the consciousness of it was released from me mm -hmm. and I just keep returning to that and I'm like how can we integrate pieces of that like into like I don't even know what I'm saying. I no. I, this is, it's so funny. You bring this up because remember how you were talking a couple months ago. Um, it then became a very scary story because <laughs> you then realized that you were probably high an oh, accidental yeah. high, but you know, when you were at the park and you said you saw like that older woman swinging yeah. with the, that boy yeah. and, and you're like, Oh, you went to the swing. I legitimately 
three days ago, went to a park by uh-huh. myself uh-huh. and got on a swing. Yeah. To literally just turn my my brain off. Yeah. I swung on the swing for about an hour. Yeah. And I just watched my legs go up and down. Yeah. And I want to like like feel in my body and move. And a swing sounds kind of nice. And it was really nice. Mm-hmm. And I just felt fully in my body because I'm like, okay, I have to like push my legs and like you have to be aware. But like there's a meditative movement of like just going back and forth. And I was just like swinging. Yeah. I don't know. It's crazy. But I just know we need more of that. Whatever that looks like. Anyway. What was this conversation about today? (laughs) Right? What weirdos? I mean, weirdos. I mean, I don't know. I think this conversation. I think we. I think I just wanted to like. I don't know. We're just like in a weird Mm -hmm. place, and like things are shifting, and and we're trying to make sense of that in our lives, and. I guess I just felt like we should share that and like, yeah, I feel like that is the thing that's so funny about the podcast, right? That there's like moments of sharing, obviously like personal things, but then sometimes like, oh my gosh, there's so many things that like we're processing behind the scenes that like we don't talk about. And yeah, we're both like in this space where there's so much shifting. Yeah. But then also just like, yeah, these questions of like seeking out like what that looks like. And you know, what's weird know. is I feel like I can't do that on Instagram right now. It's really weird. I'm like in a really weird block with Instagram. What do you mean? Where like with social media, I feel like on the podcast it's, I can, actually I guess it's not just with social media. I just feel like I can't, adequately like express I feel like I can't adequately express adequately like express what's like going on with me mm-hmm. and it feels so do you ever feel this way it's like it feels so big in me but like I don't know how to but there's nothing to really say yes <laughs> that's you know I know I, mean? I, I I absolutely feel that way right now yeah I absolutely feel that but way right really now big things in me I couldn't really Where tell like, you my body feels like it's bursting inside of itself and I don't know really how to verbalize the process or explain what's happening the good the bad I'm not sure and I want to share but then it also feels hard to put into words I don't mm-hmm. know I feel that. I recognize that for sure. We're being reborn into oh, a yeah. new era. But didn't Jessica kind of say that? Jessica Stone, didn't she kind of say like, I'm entering into this new, like the 28, whatever. And aren't you entering into a new one? Oh no, almost, I guess 30. I'm going to be entering into a new one in like a year. In like a year. Yeah. But you're beginning to that transition mm-hmm. point. Mm-hmm. Oh my God. And you brought it up. I just wanted to say this to you when you were bringing up your solar plexus pain, you told me on voice memo, you're like, I couldn't stop thinking about you throwing up. Yes. My the birthday. night of your birthday when you Not randomly only the night of my puking. birthday, then also the weekend of the celebration yes. of my birthday. And out of nowhere, you were just puking. That was horrible, especially on my birthday weekend. As you're entering into your throat chakra, interestingly enough. Did I say this on the podcast? I didn't say it on the podcast. I had been, maybe I did don't remember either way i'm gonna repeat myself i had been did i tell you i had been telling one of my friends 
this year, the beginning of this year, I was saying, man, I, I feel like my, I said my throat chakra. I was like, I feel yes. I've, I've been. Yes. Yeah, I guess I did say this. I've been holding all this like tension in my neck and jaw and all these places like up here. And I was just like, yeah, I've just really, really recognized like the power I have to like destroy things or build things like using my voice and like that feels all really connected to like my throat chakra and like I need to like do some work there. Well, remember even, I mean, Jessica Lanyata was saying like these years that we're in is in these like rebirth years. Like, and the question is, what is the rebirth going to turn into? And so I'm sure, I hope this podcast is relatable for a lot of broads listening. I'm sure so many people feel that way right now. I think so. It feels like it. I think so. Whenever I feel like I'm interacting with a friend of mine, I feel like a lot of people are in this current space. I do think so. And I've also seen, I even saw three different influencers, like mommy influencers who maybe like, they maybe don't. It's just not on their page where they share a lot of like vulnerable stuff. They just share more like surface level family stuff. And I saw like three different mom influencers who posted like selfies of themselves being like, I'm having a really hard time. I feel like I can't do it all. You know, like I can't keep the house perfect and keep up with the kids activity and be there for my husband and be there for my friends. Like I saw that sentiment like in three different like mom bloggers that I follow. And I was like, whoa, Mm -hmm. we are all having this reckoning with that threshold that you're talking about Mm -hmm. and being like, how much can I hold? How much can I? And I think that it's a really big shift into the, these are very binary terms, but like I've had two friends tell me lately recently, like I've been operating so much in my like masculine in that, like, you know, stereotypical binary mm-hmm. of like, go, 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 produce, 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 be productive. Do, 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 do. And they were like, and I have a really hard time like stepping into that, like the feminine, feminine yep. flowing, soft state of not, it not always being about like producing or an outcome, but it being just about like flowing in the moment. And I've heard that so many times now. I'm like, I hope that's a collective shift more I, into if, that. I space. mean, it feels like it just because it's like where specifically where we live in like such a capitalist society where it's like produce, produce, produce output. on top of output after coming, after coming off of an unbelievable traumatic pandemic where no one, like there were so many lives lost. There's also people who had no idea what was going on. Um, it, everything has cost more than it ever has. I mean, it's impossible. It feels impossible. And it's just output, 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 output. And I think it's okay to realize that like we're putting the expectations on ourselves that we have to hold all of it instead of realizing that like certain people we're all so different and certain people can hold certain things while other people can hold something else. And so it's like we can share different responsibilities of what everyone's holding and that doesn't make one person better than another. It's like we're just having we're just holding different areas. Yep. Yep. Community. <laughs> we need it more than ever. We need community. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I hope you got some concise message out of all that. Best of luck. Watch out your water. You're dumping your LaCroix. Not very much, but... Oh, it's not too much. Oh, gosh. (laughs) Well, now I've soaked the couch. (laughs) It's like a bros episode. Oh, (laughs) man. Um, Don't know how to wrap that one, but... You know, it's funny. We had an episode like this recently. 
And that's the one that you spilled the... Stop it. I just, that, this is like... This is like really, really, really That was weird. By the way, how often do I drink a fucking LaCroix on the podcast? Like never. Maybe once every like 30 episodes I'll drink a LaCroix. (laughs) So weird. We had an episode that we recorded and it was like we were, it was a very vulnerable. It was kind of like this. It was really all over the place. It was all over the place. It was a lot of intense emotion. And as I was editing. A lot of dumping. We were like A lot of dumping. We opened up about some recent (laughs) trauma that maybe I'll just never share about. But I dumped, as I was editing, I dumped an entire LaCroix all over Evan's keys. Fully lost the episode. Also lost everything else on the computer. Yikes. Luckily, he had saved his things. And I just dumped this LaCroix everywhere. I know, just as we were finishing up the episode. What symbolism does this can have? Holy and it water? was this flavor, too. It was pamplemousse. Um, <laughs> I could use my art degree to analyze the colors. You know, yellow is it's new life. That's what yellow means. Water. Water. <laughs> the, okay, 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 okay. The, okay. the can is a container. Okay, that can is a container okay. for water. Water represents fluidity yes, water yes. can is is a force that can be both soft and destructive at the same time it holds yes. this dual nature yes. and the can is the container for that energy for that force and the colors on the outside of the can um are the colors of a sunset you know you know oh symbolizing God. like the 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 dawning and the setting of different periods of life oh and God. different <laughs> chapters opening and closing so by you spilling that container that that life force that ebb and flow yes. you are unleashing a path to a new a dawning of a new era one full of freedom where you're no longer bound by a set period of time you're actually what that means is you are transcending time and space by spilling the lacroix oh my yeah. God. crazy right you just opened I, a portal <laughs> my brain is exploding <laughs> Chatsoon you prods? just opened <laughs> a portal. <sighs> All of a sudden, just I just disappear into <laughs> the sinkhole that I've always been afraid of. All of a sudden, our color block shirts are just like laying in a pile. It's oh the uh, it's, uh, it's left behind. And the point of this episode was the rapture. <laughs> Rapture is coming. It's already here. <laughs> Lee. Edit us out of these clothes. <laughs> Edit us yes. lifting up out Please. of our bodies. <laughs> make us floating above ourselves. <laughs> just edit me just honestly just going into the matrix. Yeah, what if we had an episode where we were like, no, seriously, like we have figured out how to levitate. Like what 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 would you do if I sat down and I was like, I am not kidding you. Like so I have become me I have began meditating and like <laughs> I have been levitating in my meditations. And if all of a sudden you start meditating and I legitimately see you levitate, what would I do? <laughs> I wasn't even going to take it that far. I was just, what if I said I've been levitating in my meditations? What would you do? You'd be like, what? You know what's funny about that? Is you would believe me? Yeah, because you don't lie. Like, I'd be like, I believe you. I mean, I don't know. This is the weirdest thing ever. But, like, I guess you've been levitating. I would 
I would ask for, for you to oh film. Oh, my God. I would, ask, <laughs> I would ask for you to Ooh. film it or if you could try to do it right now so I could see, but I would believe you. Oh, wow. <sighs> With that broad, chat soon. <laughs> chat soon. <laughs> 